Let's begin in John chapter 3 today. Very familiar portion of scripture that we all know. John 3, 3. Now this is, we know the story, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and makes certain declarations that you're a teacher from God and no one can do these things, these signs, unless God is with him. And Jesus doesn't address exactly what he's saying, the question he's asking. But he says this, he says, verse 3, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one or unless a man is born again. Born again, as we know, means born from above, born from a higher place. He says, unless this occurs in the heart, that individual or any individual cannot see the kingdom of God. So the, the word see here is to perceive, and it's translated in various places in this chapter. In verse um, 2, where Nicodemus says, we know. So that verse, I mean, that word is translated, we know. And in verse 11, most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know. So in this verse, in this chapter alone, it's three or four times. It's translated twice as we know. And in verse 3, it's, it's translated, unless a man is born, he cannot see. So there is a hidden kingdom that men do not perceive, that men do not see, and men do not know. Jesus proclaims that. There is to be a finding and a discovery in the kingdom of God for all those who begin. And Jesus says, so just write this a few of these words down. See can mean perceive. It can mean know. Jesus said, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. So there must be a repentance in the heart of an individual. And I think that in many churches, that particular thing is missing. Repentance. A true repentance from the heart. And it says in Colossians, I have this in my notes, that he, Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his Son. So we were translated, we were conveyed, we were brought from one place to another place. So before the gospel was preached to you and I, and before there was a response, we could not know, we could not see the kingdom. So we all know this. And in verse 5... See, now, now that we are his disciples, we can know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That was said to his disciples. So those who are disciples will start to perceive and understand and move in a particular way. But remember, if you go to John 8... The Jews there believed, and Jesus said to those who believed, if you continue in my word, then are you, you my disciples. So a not all Christians are disciples. See, all disciples are Christians, believers. But not all Christians are disciples. It's a big difference. So to be a disciple, and we'll look at this in a minute, it will take certain things. We're not going to talk about that, but it will take certain things in your life, in my life, to move out into the kingdom area. So in John 3, 5, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter or he cannot come into the kingdom. See, there must be a, a perception of the kingdom. You must see the kingdom first. 
before there is anything that can occur at all. You must see it, and then you must enter that. You must come into something, and it's not a one-time thing per se, but it is, a, I guess, a, an area where now it opens up. It starts to get wider, and now you begin to, to see things that you never saw before. You begin to experience things you never experienced before. But that is for a per- person who is a disciple. A non-disciple uh, will go to heaven if a person re- received Christ, if they have um, called upon the name of the Lord to be saved. They will go to heaven. But remember this, that the kingdom is much bigger than heaven. Heaven is included in the kingdom, but the kingdom is much more than just heaven. Now in Matthew it says, well I don't know where this is, except you be converted. Converted means to turn, to go another direction, to change, and become as a little child. So he's, he's talking about a certain heart condition. He says if you, if you don't do that. If this doesn't occur in your life, you cannot enter the kingdom. You can't, there's a certain thing that must occur within a person or you cannot enter. So and then it says uh, we must through much, much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. I think Paul said that. And then in Matthew 7, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall what? Enter the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, same thing. When you see the kingdom of heaven in Matthew, you'll see, I think it's in like the fourth chapter or so, Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when you go to Mark, you see the same basic thing. He says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So when you see the kingdom of heaven, it's the same thing, kingdom of God. It's not talking about heaven, it's the kingdom of God. So he says here, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God, but he who does the will of God, or the will of the Father. So I think that there are those who, who press forward into the kingdom. See, certain things have to transpire. You'll see this in certain verses dealing with the kingdom of God. You know, the kingdom of God is this, and the kingdom of God is that. And, and Jesus lays all these different things out. And he says, okay, to enter the kingdom of God, you must do the will of God. But he said, not everybody does the will of God. You know that. So if a person is not doing the will of God in their life, if they don't walk with the Lord and figure out, allow him to show them his will and begin to move in his will, Whatever that may be, whatever it may be, for you, for me, for whoever. We cannot enter into this broad area and experience certain things in the kingdom. It just doesn't happen. I mean, we may be Christians. We may go to church. We may read the Bible. We may know certain things about the Bible. But we're not talking about that. Jesus is not talking about that. He's talking about moving into this other area of the kingdom called the kingdom. So the kingdom has this present aspect, and it has a future aspect. Many times people, Christians, they, they center on the future thing, the future aspect of things in the Bible, and they miss the present aspect of it. And I have two scriptures, Luke 17, 20. Uh, you can turn to Luke 22. Luke 17, 20 says this, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, excuse me, let's just turn to Luke 17. May as well look at both of them. Luke 17, verse 20, or 21. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. And the verb here is, is present tense. He's talking about what is transpiring presently. So the kingdom is in you, Jesus says. Now, now you have to understand 
that when the gospel is preached, when Jesus preached the gospel, he had those who responded. And when they responded, now they have all this potential now to experience the kingdom. You know, something has transpired within them. The Lord has given them a new heart. He has done something to change them on the inside. And, and now they have a heart, as it says in Jeremiah, a heart of flesh, a new, new heart, a new being, a new, new spirit. Now they have the capacity or th- there is the potential now within them to push into this other area and to experience things in the kingdom. So he says here, the kingdom of God is within you. Now go back to verse 20. Now when he was asked by the Pharisee when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. And I'll read this from another translation. It says that the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. The Jews were looking for visible signs, you know, for the kingdom. Will you restore the kingdom? Will you get us out from under the yoke of the Romans? So they were looking for a visible sign. And Jesus says that the kingdom of God comes without the visible signs. So if you're looking for the visible signs all the time, and you, you know this yourself, that you're around someone at work, and you may minister, uh, the Lord may give you something to give them, and you start to, to tell them about the Lord and tell them about the kingdom, and they're not perceiving, they're not seeing it, they don't know it, they, they have no idea. And they're looking for something maybe, and you see this many times with people, they're looking for something in the, in the natural, some visible t- thing, some visible change. When Jesus said the kingdom is within you, so he says that you're not going to be able to observe in the natural and detect the kingdom of God. See, I look at you, and the, the kingdom of God is within you, but I can't see that. See, it's not visible. It's a, not a natural thing. The kingdom of God is in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm. And you will begin to see things and move into things in the spiritual realm, and others will not know and see. They'll just see you. They'll say, you're a Christian, you go to church, you do this. They'll see all kinds of things, but they will not see how you are pressing forward in the kingdom. They will not see, to a great degree, what has transpired in you. Now, they may hear your testimony and believe that your words are true, They may believe that something has occurred in your life, some transforming thing in your life. But as far as them knowing it, experientially themselves, they don't. Because you may be in a completely different place than someone else, even sitting next to you in church. And for sure, people at your job. There's maybe others that are Christians. They, they, they don't know where you are. So in, in this verse, the word is, verse 21, is present tense. Now turn to uh, Luke 22, verse 29. And I bestow upon you, this is Jesus speaking, a kingdom. So I bestow upon you a kingdom... Just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now that seems to me that this is future. And where he says sit, where you're going to sit, and I don't know about the word judge, but I know the word sit is future tense. So there's a future aspect to the the kingdom. And you find this you know, throughout the Gospels and, in, and elsewhere. So there's a present tense aspect of the kingdom and a future tense. So the present tense we can, we can uh, move into, and as we move into that, that translates to future tense eventually. We'll experience certain things in the future that we 
we see Jesus that he, he says. Now, to operate in the kingdom of God, it will be necessary for you to learn and to move under certain principles. So, the kingdom has distinct qualities. And Jesus talks about them throughout the Gospels. Now, I just started to look at this this past week and, and go through every verse. I've only gotten through Matthew and Mark so far. But every verse that mentions the kingdom. And when you start dealing with the kingdom, Jesus, he says, the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. The kingdom of God is like this. And he goes on about all these different things, all these parables and all these different things relating to the kingdom of God. And those who will understand to some degree and will be able to relate to some of the things that Jesus is saying about the kingdom of God will have to come under certain kingdom principles. So you were birthed from above. I was birthed from above. Translated birth from a different place. Translated into the kingdom. But remember, the kingdom is much bigger than heaven. It encompasses heaven, but it's much bigger than heaven. And now to function in the kingdom and start to understand and perceive with the spiritual eye, because you're dealing with a spiritual realm, you must come under, I must come under, certain distinct qualities, or you could say characteristics of the kingdom. If we do not function under kingdom characteristics, principles, we will be blind to what is going on in the kingdom. So you can't see, I don't care you're born again, that's great. You're a Christian, that's fantastic. But to see and perceive and enter into this wide place called the kingdom of God, where you are to experience many different things where you are to discover all kinds of things the Lord has set in place for you, you and I must come under kingdom principles. Now, I'll just give you a few I haven't written down. You know that you, uh, where it says in Galatians, I think it's Galatians 6, about reaping and sowing, that's a kingdom principle. See, you sow certain things, you reap certain things. You say, well, I know that. I understand that. Well, if we know and we understand that, then we would be able to see the sowing, and we should be able to see when we're reaping certain things. But sometimes we don't, you know, because we're not functioning in certain things like we should. Uh, Matthew 10 he who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life will find it. That's a kingdom principle. You want to find your life in Christ. You want to find out what that's all about. You want to see what that's about. You want to understand what Jesus taught. Then you must come under that kingdom principle. For he who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself shall be exalted. Well, you want to understand it. See, that's a kingdom principle. And that functions within you. That's why Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. That's not going to function out here. You humble yourself inside. This is an internal thing. You humble yourself, and then God takes care of the other. Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, he's talking about your life, my life. If it dies, it produces much grain. That is a kingdom principle. That is a quality of the kingdom that we are to function in 
And if we function in that, not because we think it, we know it, we know the Scripture, and we can articulate the Scripture. No, if we function in it in reality, where we have died to self, then he says, the grain of wheat has fallen into the ground. It's dead, dead, dead. Now, because it's in the ground, it can spring up a new life, and it can can produce this increase in you and in others. Kingdom principle. Therefore, this is Matthew 18, therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest, or he is elder in the kingdom of heaven. So, you allow the Lord to bring that in your life where where you, you come down. You can choose to come down and stay in a low place. Then you will begin to see things in the kingdom. The proud, has anybody ever met a proud Christian? You talk to them, you may try to minister, you know, show them something, and they, 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 they're, they're way up here. They can't receive anything you say. They can't receive from the Lord many times. So there are those who are proud in heart, and God knows it, he sees it, and he tries to work to bring them down. Because in the kingdom, the humble will begin to see certain things in the spirit realm that those who have not allowed this process to take place in their life will be totally ignorant of certain things moving in the kingdom. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So being a Christian is good. But being a Christian alone does not mean that a person is functioning in the kingdom. And see, you know, when I'm talking about the kingdom, this is a spirit realm. You know, we can hear message after message after message from the pulpit. But that does not mean that we are moving in the kingdom. See, we must have certain principles from the kingdom, certain these, these characteristics that Jesus talks about. You know, he doesn't say these things for no reason. We have the capacity or the potential to surrender our life to him in such a way that these principles will begin to function in our life. You know, the Lord wants everyone to function in the kingdom. And many times, <clears throat> and many times we think that means, thank you, and many times we think that means something different. We think that, we think that means Oh, the kingdom when we get to heaven. You know, when you get to heaven, it's, it's a lot of what can be done is, is over with. We are to die today, now, in this life, our lives, our old life. Just die, let it go, so that we will find our life. He that denies himself denies himself, what I want to do, where I want to go. He that denies himself and picks up his cross and follows me. Well, he's going to experience certain things. Why? Because that's a kingdom principle. Well, you can, a Christian can say, well, I'm a Christian, but I want to do what I want to do. I want to go, but I I want to do this, I want to do that. Even if the Lord is wanting something different. Have you ever run into someone? This is a strange thing. And I've ne- I'd, uh, Have you ever been around someone, maybe someone who's a professional, not sports, I'm talking about, you know, in a, in a profession, uh, a doctor or something like that, and you're around them or an attorney, and you're around them and you perceive in your heart that they should have moved a different way in their life. That they should have given their life 
for the Lord, their king, for the kingdom. And instead, they turn to a profession where they're, they're making plenty of money and, and all that. Well, I mean, that's a personal thing. He that does the will of God. Those are the ones. Unless you do the will of God, you can't see the kingdom. As we looked in, I think it was Matthew 7. You can't, you can't see the kingdom. So the potential for people, for Christians, is there to experience the kingdom of God. And it's not just about coming to church and doing all the things that people in the religious area do. I mean, it's good to come to church. It's good to read your Bible. It's good to pray. It's good. Those are good things, good habits. But a person can be in church for 20 years and never get certain things. They can hear message after message after message and still not get certain things. I've seen it. And, and I, I ask myself, how can this person be in church for 25 years and hearing all this truth, all these different messages, and still they do not understand and perceive certain things? Well, when you start to look at the kingdom, you begin to understand why. Unless you become as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom. Does that mean you're going to you know, start to suck on lollipops? Become as a little child? A little child in what way? In their heart. In, in their ability to receive. In their desire to look up to the Father, to someone. You become as a little child and that helps you you take a step there in the kingdom and that that one step opens up a little more and then when you die to yourself you take another step and that opens up a little bit more and then when you humble yourself before the Lord and you allow him to work in that you take another step and that opens up another area there for you and then you move under another principle and you take another step and then you move on to something else, and you take another step, and now the kingdom is widening. It's getting bigger now, because now you're beginning to see and function, and you're moving in the kingdom, and you're starting to understand certain things, certain principles. You're starting to see things in the spirit realm, where the kingdom is, and now your eyes are, are being opened. So if I decide that I'm not going to, to move with the Lord in some of these things, I guarantee that that which I see will be diminished. Because I am not functioning in my spirit in that, and now I become partially blind. Or it's, things are not as lightened to me as before and I have seen that too where someone has been in church they taught for years walked with the Lord and certain things didn't transpire in their life and they didn't function under certain principles doing the will of God knowing the will of God being in the will of God doing the will of God and they move out and are they saved I believe they're still saved but as far as them moving forward in the kingdom, experiencing more and more, becoming more and more like Jesus, and seeing things that they should be able to see, even some basic things related to the life, their own life. They're blind because they are not functioning in certain principles at that particular time. It's just strange. Strange. We all think because, you know, because you're Christian, everything is fine. Well, it, it may be. We should, we should have this richness of life, the, the life of God. We should be moving in kingdom principles, and we should be experiencing and discovering 
one thing after the other as we continue on. And our eyes should be, be opened. The scales should be coming off of our eyes. And we should be able to perceive more today than we did five or ten years ago. And Paul says the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. Now, I, I think that the power there means most likely miracles and that, you know, true. Sometimes the Lord does miracles out, out here, you know, in the, in the natural. But I think primarily the kingdom coming in power is referring to the power to change our heart and change our life. See, if we move in kingdom principles, the kingdom has come to me, to you, in power, so that now there is such a change, in maybe in one area of our life, that we see that this is the hand of God, and it. it's not us. We could never change in that area, ever. But because the kingdom has come in power, not just in word, in power. Not, not word where I say, oh, yes, I go to church, I, I, I pray, I read, I, I go to this function, I go to that function. You know, kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. It, is he working in you to change your heart? Power, dunamis, it's a Greek word, comes in power. And so you have an individual who comes to Christ and has always had an anger issue, for example. And that's been in them because of maybe things that happened in their childhood. Maybe they were emotionally hurt or spiritually damaged. And... They will start walking with the Lord. And lo and behold, five years later or ten years later, something comes up that before would have set them off. And it doesn't set them off anymore. Because the anger is gone. Because the kingdom of God has come in power. I think that we don't really understand what is available to us as far as the kingdom is concerned. We relate to going to heaven. Well, I mean, that's, that's good. We'll go to heaven. But there's a lot more to the gospel than just going to heaven. I remember years ago, this was a common theme that I heard and saw. Well, you, you get saved... You get filled with the Spirit, that you should function in the gifts, and then you wait for the Lord to come back, the second coming, the rapture, and then you go to heaven and be with Jesus. I'm telling you something. The gospel and the kingdom are a lot more than that. A lot more than that. And all you need to do is start reading your Bible, reading it. And you begin to see that the kingdom is a lot bigger than you think. And that you and I have the potential to move into certain things. It's available. You want to move in the kingdom? Do you really want to move in the kingdom or do you just want to come to church? So you need to ask yourself that. If you want to move in the kingdom... That means that some of these principles have to start functioning in your life. So that's going to that mean you, you personally, me. We have to make certain decisions, good decisions. Sometimes people can't even decide to come to church regularly, to be faithful to God in that area. That's a basic thing, very basic. You know, if a person can't even get that down, then their, their vision in the kingdom is going to be very limited. The Lord starts with the very basic things to move out from there. He always does. So in Galatians, let's turn to Galatians real quick. Galatians chapter 5. The word 
inherit. You'll see this related to the kingdom in certain verses. I don't even know if I have any in my notes. But there, there are some scriptures will, where it says inherit. We are to inherit the kingdom of God. We are to receive a portion of that. Now, every Christian, I believe, will inherit something. Some of them will just inherit heaven, going to heaven. Uh, because I'm thinking of a few people, because of their lifestyle, and they have not allowed the Lord to clean them up, and they have no desire for a deeper life. They have no desire for what we're talking about, the kingdom. They receive Christ, they're going to go to heaven, and they will inherit heaven. But I'll tell you what, my desire is that when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I stand there with a clean heart, a pure heart, and with some of the characteristics that we see in the Bible related to Jesus. I want to stand there with something. I don't want to stand there bankrupt. In other words, I did my own thing all my life. I didn't do the will of God. I didn't function in what he wanted me to function in for whatever reason. I didn't like it. It was too hard or whatever. I want to stand there before him so that when he looks at me, there is a pure heart, a pure life, and I have inherited some of the characteristics of Christ. Remember, we are to be conformed, Romans 8, 29. We are to be predestined to be conformed. It's predetermined that you are are to be conformed into the image of Christ. That's what God wants. He's determined for you, that's what he wants for your life, for you to be Christ-like. But see, you can't, I can't, a Christian can't go out and live in sin and expect to appear before the Lord Christ-like. Because you must walk with him to glean certain characteristics. It's just the way way it is. It's what the Bible teaches. So in Galatians, in these here he's talking about, you see these negative characteristics. Sin produces negative characteristics in a person. Verse 19, chapter 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry. Now let me just stop there and just, let me read a few more. Sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, self-ambitions, dissensions, and he goes on, envy, murder, drunkenness, and so on. Let me ask you a question. Can a person who is a Christian commit adultery? Is it possible? Yes. Can a person who is a Christian here uh, have outbursts of anger? Yes. Can a person who's a Christian have selfish ambitions apart from the will of God? Yes. Now, we'll look at this, and we'll read this, and we'll always apply this to the world, because that's how we think. And it does apply to the world. It does. So he goes on, verse 21, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. This is not a complete list, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice, there's the key word, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So whether a person, we know that the world, they practice these things, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But if the Christian has some of these negative characteristics produced by sin, if they are moving in them or are practicing, if I am practicing drunkenness, I will not inherit certain things in the kingdom of God. See, it's plain as day to me. If I do certain things, if I don't allow the Spirit of God to, to deal with and get rid of my selfish ambition, 
See, that's happened years ago. I had ambitions. I had things I wanted to do with my life, places I wanted to go. And the Lord confined me, and the Lord did certain things, and I could see the hand of God in my life. But if I would have followed my selfish ambitions, then I would not be able to inherit certain things in the kingdom of God. It's not, not necessarily, I'm not talking about I'm, I'm going to be saved or you won't be saved. It's not, it's not the issue. It's talking about inheriting. I mean, you can have a child. It's your child, right? Let's say you have, you have two children. One child is, is, let's say you have a family business. We'll use this as an example. And one child is gung-ho. They learn everything about the business. They want the business. They like the business. And they help you in the business. And the other one, they don't want nothing to do with it. They hate that. So on and so forth. They both grow up. And now you're getting old. Who are you going to give the business to? Who's going to function? Who's going to be able to function in that business? The one who has applied himself and, and said, well, you know, okay, they're, they're involved with that. That's kind of like an example there. The other one, they can't inherit it because they, they have no desire for it. They can't function it because they haven't learned. They, they don't know, you know one thing from the other. They, they can't even do the math for the books. So they can't inherit this. I can't inherit certain things in the kingdom if I'm a drunkard. If, I'm, if I don't let the Lord deal with my anger or other things. I cannot inherit certain things. That doesn't mean I'm not saved and I'm not going to heaven. It means I can't inherit. Keep the Bible, <laughs> read it as it's put there. Don't inject all these other things into it. You know, uh, it's talking about the unsaved only. Well, it doesn't say that. Read it as it is. And let the Lord show you what's going on. So it says here that <clears throat> there is a kingdom that the Lord has prepared from the foundation of the world for you, for the Christian. And then it says, Jesus says this in Luke, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So he wants to give you the kingdom. It's prepared for you. He wants to give it to you. But the qualifying factor here. Or what kingdom characteristics are you moving, principles, are you moving under? See, it's prepared for you. The Father wants to give it to you, Jesus says. But have you humbled yourself? Have I humbled myself? Have I allowed the seed of my heart and life to fall into the ground so there would be an increase? So even though the kingdom was prepared from the foundation of the world, and even though the Father has given you the kingdom, now what are we going to do with it? Are we going to go our own way and not inherit? Or are we going to move in a way to inherit? See, this, the way it's laid out in the scriptures, people can't follow it. You, know, you can't follow it. I can't follow it unless the Spirit of God opens it up. It is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Who is Jesus talking about? Who was he talking to when he said that? His disciples. You go read it. It is given unto you to know the mysteries, to know, to see, to enter, like we see in John 3, 3 and 3, 5. To see, to know. It is given unto you to know, to perceive the kingdom. But unto them, the others, it's not given unto him, to them. For seeing, they shall not see. And hearing, they shall not hear. Unless there is a conversion, unless there is a turning of the heart. Getting back to where we started. You have a, a, a change to begin to enter the kingdom. John 3, 3, 5. But now we're in the kingdom. It's prepared for us from the foundation of the world. The Father wants to give it to us. Now, we, what are we going to do? Are we going to press forward? Are we going to desire the kingdom? What does it say in um, Matthew 6 about the kingdom? Seek ye what? First. Primary number. Not second. Not, well, I'm going to seek this in my life. 
and then I'll go to church and I'll seek the Lord. I'll, I'll love my wife or husband first, number one. No. There has to be a seeking of the kingdom or seeking of him first. And then all these other things can be added. That's the heart. You're in the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom. Now, if you can do that, now all these other areas of the kingdom open up. And you start to function under certain kingdom principles. And now you can start to penetrate into things that you never could penetrate into before. You can start to see things that you have never seen before. You will be able to walk in places you never could walk before. But it's all up to you, not the Lord. It's all there for you. The kingdom's for you. It's all there. What he's done. What he's provided. It's a lot more than going to church. There's a verse here. Let me go to Matthew. Because seeking the kingdom of God is very important. Matthew 11. I hope the Lord opens your eyes this morning. And, you know, we all, all of us, start to get more serious with the Lord in our own walk. And what's first in your life? What's first in my life? It makes a big difference. Because, you know, we will never progress into any of that. If, if I am first in my life, if my desire, whatever it may be, is first, then how can I move further to where my seed, my, my life, it falls into the ground and dies? I, it can't because I put myself first. you understand? It can't die because I'm first. So the seeking is important. It's like it's a beginning part here. You know, you're, you're translated into the kingdom. It's not how here you are. You're like, oh, well, what's all this? I, I don't know what any of this is. Well, now you must seek the kingdom first. Once you seek the kingdom first, then now you can start to branch out, and the Lord can say, okay, now, your life, you need to just let it go. What you wanted for your life, you just let that go. Where you wanted to go for your life, you just let that go. What you wanted to be in your life, you let that go. The business you wanted to open up, you let that go. Whatever it may be, you let that go. Now, because you let it go, you can take another step and you start to see more in the kingdom. But if I don't do that, you don't do that. A Christian doesn't do, doesn't do that. He can't move on. They can go to heaven, but he can't move on. Matthew 11, I'll read this from the, King, the New King James, and I'll read it from two other translations. I like the Amplified. Verse 12, now from the days, Jesus said, now from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. This, this is dealing with a heart condition that is set to receive the kingdom, to, to move forward in the kingdom. The Amplified says this, And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault, and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent, Ardent zeal and intense exertion. And the NIV says that the kingdom has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. Did you want to lay hold of the kingdom? It doesn't say anything about heaven going to heaven. See, if you're walking with the Lord, you're going to go to heaven. You don't have to worry about heaven. But are you and I forcefully laying hold of it? How are you and I going to forcefully lay hold of the kingdom? Anybody want to venture to answer that? Yes. What? 
Die. Function in these kingdom principles. Allow it to happen in your life. That's what the, the violence is all about. Your will is violently tore from you. <laughs> this, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And then now you can lay hold of the kingdom by force. And this occurs in the spirit realm. In the spirit realm. You're not going to see it in the natural. You may see the results when someone gets up to minister or whatever, or somebody that you know, that something has changed in that person. Something has changed. I knew them 15 years ago. Something has changed. I knew them 25 years ago. Something has changed. And they, they give you their witness. They give you the testimony. And, and you know that something happened in them, but you don't see the violence of the kingdom of God to lay hold on it. So you don't see that. Because that is where the kingdom is within you. It's going to happen within you. It's going to happen within me. Let the Lord violently take away your anger. Violently take away this. Violently strip away that. The kingdom of God suffers violence. And the one who wants it will seize it, will lay hold on it by force. And they'll advance in the kingdom. So you'll find this out if you continue on with the Lord. That you may have certain people in your life. Certain people that you know. And they will not move under certain things the Lord brings to them. And because they don't, not because you don't like them anymore or love them anymore. Because they don't. You'll have to continue on and you have to leave them. They might still be your friend. You might still like them. But you might have to go on because the, the kingdom of God. So you're going to keep on going. You're going to experience more. If they're not going to move under kingdom principles, you're going to have to spiritually you leave them. And you go on. So what is available to us is quite a bit. Quite a bit. In the kingdom, quite a bit. He has a lot for you. A lot. So let's seize it and lay hold of it. Let's lay hold on that which the kingdom has by allowing certain principles to function in our life.